0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We
2: coming to 8th time. Let's get working work here, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day.
3: Oh, give me some juice. Bye-bye. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Good job. You I not, messed you up this week. You not like being here off, messed yeah. me up a little bit yesterday. Yeah, yeah it, it messed me up. It was a good show. We had a good time. Brandon Scott, big thanks to B. Scott for stepping in but yeah that that's what that's what messed me up because this is just our second show of the week together so I'm like is it a Tuesday is it a Wednesday it's a Wednesday everybody don't worry we're one day closer yeah. to the weekend it's all good I'm still
4: adjusting to not having anything really to look forward to on weekends the yeah. this is this is it's it's weird I don't you know what it is Sean you know why it's weird I think a lot of our listeners probably feel the same way this last football season was the first time in a while that we'd allowed ourselves to get genuinely excited about uh, an NFL weekend. You know, you got your respective colleges. I, I get that. Uh, but this is the first time in the NFL that we felt ex- like I, I anticipated each Sunday. Can't I was looking for forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So now I miss it. Yeah. I need that dopamine hit, baby. Big time. Big time. That's and- what I, this is how people get started on drugs. Everybody watch out. Yeah. Okay. Don't try to replace don't try to fill this void in your heart, this Texans-shaped void in your heart. Don't try to fill it with fentanyl, because <laughs> that'll kill you way faster than football. Spike yeah. in
3: fentanyl cases and rehab rehab uh, enrollment in the city of Houston.
4: Killed dead on account of no Texans play. Thanks a lot, Goodell. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Roger. Mm-hmm. Way to make things safer in America. Yeah.
3: And CJ, thanks for being good at football, CJ, not getting, and then not providing any football for us for six months. Jeez.
4: Jeez. Seriously, that. The fentanyl, by the way, I'm scared. I'm I'm scared all over again. The whole uh, the whole, uh, you know, Nancy Reagan "Just Say No" campaign and everything. Yeah. It worked on me. It's People back. criticize it. Mm-hmm. It worked on me. I was scared as hell, dude. I was scared as hell. If, uh, but now now it's like even now it really is like legitimately. You don't know what you're putting in your mouth, kids. There this were stuff will kill you dead. There instantly. were there were after school specials.
3: Yeah. back in the day. That were designed to scare the hell out of us about pot.
4: Like, yeah, if you smoked a pot, you'd go into seizures. Oh and my god! I smoked the pot, and now I can't feel my legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> all laced with angel dust. It was. It was quite
3: a time, man. It was quite a time. But
4: now, but now it's true. Yeah. So just everybody, just be careful. Yeah, out take there, it man. easy. You know, the pot's Jeez. fine.
3: The pot is okay. The pot's actually legal now in many many places. But yeah, the. The fentanyl, that's legit. Like, whatever scare tactics, I would embrace those. I don't think that's getting legalized anytime soon. Um,
4: so how not fine f- for kids. None of it's fine for kids. No, kids, no. Kids, stay dorky. Like, and it's not dorky. Just stay straight as long as humanly possible. Straight edge, baby. You'll be okay. You'll, you'll look, you can be a wreck in your 20s, yeah. okay? But give yourself a chance to be a wreck in the 20s. Straight edge. Straight can, edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight edge. That's what it is.
3: Um. So... Um, so we're here, man. Uh, we're officially—we've crossed the threshold. Franchise tags can get doled out. We're going to talk about players following Texans on social media in the next segment. Mm-hmm. This is kind of fun. I said this to Brandon yesterday, Seth. Like this is kind of fun to be relevant during the free agency season. This is kind of fun to be rooting for a team that a might franchise tag a guy. Yeah. B has a long list of guys that. Texan fans will get disappointed if they do get franchised because the overriding thing is everybody is taking the Texans' phone calls this free agency season, unlike mm. years past. I don't think anybody hangs up on the Houston Texans when they come a-calling. They'll listen. They'll listen.
4: I think They'll I think, listen. I, I think a part of it, though, too, is that, look, there wasn't even a reason for the Texans to dangle out any serious kind of Money that would cause somebody to consider the Texans even. So the premier players, it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't a factor necessarily. Yeah, I think that the the part that I'm feeling grateful for is that I watch all the Justin Fields drama. So Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Yeah. There's going to be a podcast today on the 33rd team. Remember when we deboed those chairs off of the 33rd team's table I do. At, at Radio Row? Remember it well. They've got a they've got a podcast with Justin Fields coming out later today, in which he apparently explains why he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Really? This is
3: the new. I, I'm going to tell
4: you right now. Yeah. I don't want I don't want a quarterback that's trying to send any messages. Maybe it's just recent PTSD from a certain other quarterback. I don't need somebody who's trying to send messages uh, d- d- vaguely and cryptically on Instagram. No,
3: no, no, no. It is the new love language, though, of soon-to-be-cut players or free agents or traded
4: players. Yeah, The
3: following or unfollowing on social media is the new love language of the 21st century among
4: athletes. I'll give this to Bears fans. They at least at least they have a legitimate argument going on amongst themselves about whether or not to give Justin Fields another chance or whether to go for Caleb Williams or whatever it might be. Whereas last year this time, we had a a non-zero portion of Texans fans adamantly arguing that Davis Mills just needed a chance. So, like, that's... That was a rough spot to be in, man. That was a rough. Play. I like. I try to respect all people's opinions yeah. and everything, but that was that was rough. That was rough. That was a that was a bad place. Yeah. Dark times.
3: Dark big time. Well, and the, the thing with the Bears fans too, they don't. There's there's no bad scenario for them. I, I've had my share of fun with Ryan Poles and the fact that he, you know, is is a he is a big fan of Ryan Poles.
4: He loves doing he's interviews. So much credit for being so bad two years in a row. Yeah. Like, and for passing on cj Stroud mind you for sure for sure <laughs> now that
3: now that said right I mean in retrospect he should have just drafted cj Stroud but yeah. i don't but i don't but but i i, I want to be fair like this time last year i don't think there were a lot of people saying that the bears should take cj Stroud I, I like i I mean, look. I was saying, take Bryce Young to the, te- you know, to to the Carolina Panthers. So I can't sit here and
4: oh, uh, yeah, no, but no, but when you're putting it in the framework of like, oh wow, this guy's brilliant. Yeah, like, mm, th- that's different. that's the whole like, wait a second, I can't call him brilliant, but also like be botching everything like right,
3: that. Right, right, right. My, my my point my point is that he has put them in a very good spot, and and they've got the first pick and the ninth pick, and they've got a quarterback that is is not going to be some kind of guy that gets cut and picked up. Like there's going to be a team that trades a decent pick, probably not a day one pick, but maybe a day two pick for Justin Fields. So, yeah, if you, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, it's it's kind of when you can watch the QB drama play out and all you've yeah. got is good options available to you, it's a little bit easier as opposed to probably like Cardinal fans a few years ago when Kyler Murray's agent is sending all caps JPEGs out uh, of 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 demands on social media and you know god bless bronco fans and dealing with whatever's going on with russell wilson and, and sean payton like your your fallback is you're gonna have the number one pick in the draft and a prospect that is widely considered to be really really good
4: so do you think but do you think bears fans feel that way i feel like bears fans are sick of it all i don't like i don't, I, I get this sense that everybody on the outside looking in is like wow ryan poles is just uh, he's just playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers and I would, I would imagine the Bears fans, because I can remember during the whole ordeal with Deshaun Watson getting lusty, uh, you know, calls from Chicago people about yeah. whether or not Deshaun might go. This was before the scandal. Sure. Sure. Um, this is when Deshaun just wanted to trade. Yeah, uh, they, I, I don't know. It just feels like it's been years of misery. For yeah,
3: the, I, I. I had a, I have a buddy who's a Bears fan who was in town a couple of weeks ago and we went and had lunch on a Saturday and I asked him that and I said, what do people think of polls He's like people love poles up
4: there really yeah, yeah. they love
3: him up there they they, they blame Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator they're they're not that hyped up about Eberflus, and I think a lot of them are ready to give the Caleb Williams era a try give it a I'm, test I'm drive. About to,
4: we'll give some uh, I'm gonna give some compliments to Antonio Pierce today yet at the same time they hired Luke Getzie as their offensive coordinator. Oh, it's going to it's, it's going
3: to fail, uh, but I like yeah, Antonio I, Pierce.
4: I don't I don't know uh, like how, where, why or when they decided that, that I don't know. Like the guys got the guys done nothing. Maybe yeah. it's not his fault at all. Maybe it's completely Justin Fields' fault, but man as a new head coach. Oh boy. You just got to do one thing right. Yeah. You got to nail the offensive coordinator somehow and I I'm I'm pessimistic that he has, well, but maybe he'll prove us wrong. Especially
3: Especially if you're a defensive coach, but to your to your original point, like it is nice. Like we can just in Houston we can just sit back and watch the fireworks. Yeah. You know, we can just sit back and watch and, and that it happened yesterday in the studio. They were doing a segment on one of the shows on TV and at the base of the screen on the caption it listed the top five quarterbacks in the draft and I'm looking up there, I'm like, I don't have to care about this. I mean I care as a radio host, as as somebody who's gonna follow the draft and, and have opinions on what teams do outside of Houston. Yeah. I, I it's it is nice to look up and not the same way it was nice to go through the coaching cycle this time around and not really give a crap as to who the big candidates were cuz we have a good head coach that's going right. to be here for a while we think. Um it was really nice to look up and go, eh, don't really care that Drake May's third on this one and Jaden Daniels is second on this one and Caleb I've Williams got, is this
4: and blah blah blah. I've got a little bit of pettiness about Caleb Williams just because Uh, You know, there, there, it was just—it was one of those classic spots where everybody just knew that Caleb Williams was the best quarterback who ever lived. Mm -hmm. And boy, why even bother drafting one in 2023? That would be the dumbest thing on earth. Caleb Williams is waiting right there, and then they pretended like it was easy to get the number one overall pick. Um, That, uh, yeah, I'm kind of invested in Caleb Williams sucking in the NFL. Yeah, and now that's going to take a few years to figure out. I'm not gonna. I'm not you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna destroy me or anything if he if he doesn't. I just it would make me feel better if he did. I'm That's, I'm, I'm I'm that petty right I, now.
3: Well, I am too, and in part because of CJ. Um yeah. if you go back to twenty twenty one, I would submit that CJ Stroud is the only quarterback drafted since the twenty twenty one draft. And I'm talking including that draft, where the fan base in their city feels really good about their quarterback that they took. I think yeah. all five all five of those quarterbacks, and I'm gonna include Trevor Lawrence in this. I, I think the Jacksonville fans have to have real, real, uh, like a real nervous gut right now about paying Trevor Lawrence. You know, you got giving the bu- bubble guts the bubble guts over a contract extension. Lawrence, yeah. uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, who's about to get traded, and Mac Jones, who's about to get traded or cut. And then in 2022, you got Kenny Pickett. I'm just talking about first round picks. Because um, obviously Brock Purdy's been really good for San Francisco. Just first round picks. And then CJ, it's been Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I want all these guys to fail so that the footprint of NFL lore continues to expand where CJ Stroud is the only good first round quarterback, like only great first yeah. round quarterback taken.
4: Maybe That's the most one ever taken. Maybe. That'll be the last one. Before now, Like all of a sudden, uh, well, running alive. backs are going to come back into vogue. Yeah, the Quarterbacks will be an afterthought. Yes. That's just the guy that hands the ball off yeah. and throws it up in the air That's the NFL. for the real <laughs> athletes to do the <laughs> That's job. That's
3: the NFL Goodell
4: wants. <laughs> Three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Well, no, I mean, with the, you look at Miami. It's, yeah. it's not the... I, I think most people are starting to believe again that it's not the quarterback, it's the receiving talent. There. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. more. I, I know there's a lot of two and ons out there, but I don't think there's that many.
3: All right. Payne and Pendergast with you. Seth is back. Good to have you back, buddy. I'm um, alive.
4: I've got an interesting IV situation from uh, yesterday that <laughs> I'll tell you about. do? <laughs> okay, yeah. good.
3: All right. We'll drop that in the next segment. Also, um, yeah, social media. The new love language, following and unfollowing on social media. The Texans are right in the crosshairs of one of the biggest name free agents when it comes to 2024's new love language that is next.
5: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
5: All right, so,
3: following and unfollowing on social media, that's a big thing these days, especially during free agency. So, Couple things when it comes to Saquon Barkley. Article in the New York Post yesterday said it does not look like the Giants are gonna give him the franchise tag, which would make sense. They gave him the franchise tag last year. His franchise tag amount this year would be twenty percent off of what they gave him last year. So we're talking last we're, we're, so we're talking upwards of twelve or thirteen million bucks, one year guaranteed deal for Saquon Barkley to stay in New York. That's a little pricey, I think.
4: Is he the one that started the Running Back Summit last year?
3: No, that was Austin Eckler.
4: Austin Eckler started he was, the Running he Back was the one who okay. He
3: was the one who sent the Zoom link out to everybody. Yeah, he was the host. Did
4: Saquon Barkley participate? Oh, I
3: believe so. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several Have we more. heard anything more about the uh, the Guild of Running Backs?
3: I, I've not. I don't know if they've acted on any of the to-dos to come out of that meeting a year ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Um, this, the market. Los
4: Angeles for the, the Los Angeles five seventy four branch of the uh, running back <laughs> running back union running back world united yeah <laughs> local five eighty two <laughs> running backs of the world united yeah. right right right
3: <laughs> um so no franchise tag for Saquon Barkley is how that's looking I don't think that's a big surprise um now the thing that the thing that you need to know if you're a Texan fan this is what had Texan fans going last night Seth mm-hmm. is that Saquon Barkley I believe it started with a follow of Brevin Jordan of all people. And then Saquon Barkley, via screen grab, I'm looking at this from several different accounts, followed CJ Stroud, followed Mm. Nico Collins, followed Mm. Tank Dell. He even followed future Hall of Famer JJ Watt on Instagram last night.
4: <laughs> so, we had one of our listeners already is angry that we're talking about this. I, t- I texted uh,
3: him back and I said, I got to play the hits, I got to play the things the kids are talking about these days.
4: No, it's, I mean, it's relevant. It's relevant. I know he, he said that it means nothing. I would say it doesn't mean nothing, it might not mean what you think other people think that it means. I don't think I don't think most people assume like, oh wow, because these guys like each other, it's a definite certainty that Saquon Barkley's coming to the Texans. I think it is relevant that perhaps Saquon Barkley might genuinely be intrigued by the Texans. And he also he also, you know, might just be trying to, you know, throw stuff out there just to to keep his name popping. You know, just to get you you create that um you, you know as a sales dude Sean mm-hmm. uh, you you create that perception that the texans are uh, or that Saquon Barkley is a hot commodity and then other it gets on other people's subconscious it plants a seed and then there you go whatever it might be i think that uh, kind of a, as you had mentioned in the first segment the texans are in a different category this year where this would even happen i don't think that like if Saquon Barkley had followed Davis Mills last year, I think people would have just assumed he wanted some help with his homework or something. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. Eh, <laughs> whereas whereas now, I feel like it's an actual football thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They share an agent or something like that, trying to help Davis out by giving Davis some <laughs> buzz. Like they, you know. Yeah.
4: no, That's what uh, people were noticing, too. There didn't seem to be an agent link between Saquon Barkley and the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
3: the, the only one where I would say that it would seem that there might be an agent lake is Brevin Jordan because that's a pretty random one. To, no disrespect of Brevin Jordan. Had one of the greatest playoff touchdowns in Texans history against the Browns. Yeah. He's not on the same level as Tank Dell, C.J. Stroud, and Nico Collins. It's just a little strange. That's yeah, all.
4: I, I realistically, I think Saquon Barkley is probably just you know trying to have a little bit of fun, Maybe. waiting for the actual free agency to begin. Yeah, if there were actual tampering going on, Saquon Barkley doesn't strike me as the guy who's dumb enough to, uh, t- to actually put it out there, yeah. like. Gosh, Nick Casario texted me. I, I'm going to go ahead and follow everybody. I, I think I think this is merely just uh, guys having fun. Except that it's also uh, the team that he chose to have fun with is one that's uh, the Texans wouldn't have been that team last year. A
3: lot of the highlights, you know, you know, now with Saquon Barkley following guys on social media, free agencies here, articles, including one on ESPN.com yesterday that are starting to list best destinations for the top 50 free agents and. Texans are the one for number 27 free agent, 27th best free agent, Saquon Barkley. The Texans are listed as the best destination for him. Because of this, Seth, now on social media and the way the algorithm works, I'm getting a lot of videos of Saquon Barkley highlight reels and things like that. And I was anxious to get to talk to you about this as I'm watching yesterday. Most of the highlight reels are Saquon Barkley doing things almost strictly on his own in the Giants offense. Breaking tackles, catching the ball out in the flat, making a guy miss and stuff like that. I'm curious, and the reason I'm nervous about this for any running back is because of what happened to Damian Pierce this year. We saw this offense turn Damian Pierce into, you know, from from one of the best rookie running backs in football last year in whatever that offense was to a total non-factor this year just because he couldn't get it. He couldn't grasp right. it. He admitted right. it. He admitted he was on the post game show with me and Clinton in week sixteen and said it's going to be next year before they get the version of me that they're wanting to get here. Um, how does Saquon Barkley, if healthy, how does yeah. his style fit into the Shannon Stan offense in your mind? I, I
4: think the biggest thing that I would worry about with Saquon Barkley is that there's a lot of boom or bust to, to his style, and not to mention his availability, too. Because even, uh, I know, like, his total number of games played doesn't tell the whole story about how injuries have affected him. Um, there have been times where he's been pretty ineffective as a back, and you can tie it back to the injuries. Playing hurt. Yeah, so when things look pretty, th- he's awesome. You know, when things work out on the perimeter, he's great. The thing about uh, Kubiak-Shanahan's system that you always have to keep in mind is they really like guys who who are going to get at least three or four yards that they're going to get hit. And because they're hitting it vertically really fast, um, they're going to fall forward. And even though like, so Derek Henry, Derek Henry does have an issue where when he gets hit in the backfield or slowed up in the backfield, he doesn't do as well, but, consistently down in and down out for the most part with just like credible blocking. He's, he's that guy that's churning out yardage and you're not getting that many negative plays except when he played the Texans last year. Um, With Saquon Barkley, he's not that guy. And, and yet, and yet he is a huge home run threat. He is a very, very good receiving threat. Like he's very dynamic in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, very few other running backs are. I'm just, I don't want to be the team that pays Saquon Barkley like running big-time running backs used to get paid. Yeah, I just and that's I, I mean even if he were healthy, I, I don't know about that. But then, but especially because running backs notoriously on their second contract get banged up and injured and are less effective than they were in their first one, it just doesn't feel like Saquon Barkley is that guy you want to spend big money on right now. Texans
3: cap tweeted this out last night. Someone yeah. asked him what would a contract for Barkley look like, and I. And and Texans cap is really good with this stuff. At Texans cap, if you want to follow, great great follow this time of year. Great follow year round. Great follow this time of year. He says three years, $27 twenty seven million, fifteen million guaranteed. Would you do that deal?
4: I mean, I wouldn't because I don't like him as my running back. Yeah, uh, like he's not my favorite. But yeah, I don't. That, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like, oh my god, what are the Texans doing? Right. I wouldn't freak out about that deal. Yeah, in that, a bad way. So yeah, yeah. that's not yeah. a
3: cap killer. Uh, that yeah. ki- that kind of deal. Um, I think where there's a lot of people I see and hear going, he can be their Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley can be their Christian McCaffrey. And I think, to follow up on your point, my feeling on that is that I think a lot of people are just conveniently using San Francisco as the model because that's where D'Amico and Slowick come from, and that's what they're aspiring to be. So it's easy to take this team, who just had the offensive player of the year in McCaffrey, as their linchpin and go, that's who Saquon can be. And I think what's happening is... People are conflating Saquon's highlights for what McCaffrey brought to that offense. And the fact of the matter is, I think McCaffrey's just a much tougher between-the-tackles, breaking-tackles, physical runner than people give him credit for. And certainly more so than Saquon Barkley is.
4: I I mean, that's part of it is just the the whole attitude side of it. Like, Josh Jacobs is a badass, I think. You know, Mm -hmm. I think Derrick Henry's a badass. Except when he played the Texans this year. It was awesome. Uh, But... I, I just like Saquon Barkley's not a, like, he's not a mean person. I feel like Josh Jacobs is a mean guy on the football field. Uh, I don't sense that same nastiness out of Saquon Barkley. I want to, I want some nasty up in here, man. We need, we got, we got offensive linemen that, that look like they're trying to be on the cover of magazines. Yes, so yes. We need some nasty out there. You know why?
3: It. You know why there's not enough nasty on offense, Seth? Yeah. They don't have an
4: acronym. We've got oh, they don't swarm. Swarm. Don't yeah, we've
3: got swarm on the defensive side. We need something Isn't for the s- offense.
4: Swarm's supposed to apply to the offense too.
3: I know, but it doesn't really. It doesn't, you know what I mean? No. Like it's a, yeah. like just the, like as a as a concept or a verb, it doesn't apply. If you start swarming on offense, then you're just a bunch of dudes standing near each
4: other, going, "We were supposed to go over there." Actually, swarm. Can I get a head start on the swarm? Right. <laughs> False start. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. where they, they want to. There's a. False start swarming is, we, a, is the mentality. We, there.
3: We need an acronym for the offense. Text in seven one three five seven two four six ten. Mike Evans was a big topic while you were gone yesterday. Um, looks like he's going to hit free agency. That's another one that that one, Seth. If the Texans were to do it, would be a big deal. Like that 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 would be one that comes with. I think some risk given the age and whatnot. But that would be a big big nut.
4: I, th- I think that with Mike Evans, I, it's kind of like uh, I don't know, like two people that uh, I you know, like maybe they were high school sweethearts, but then uh, maybe they flirted some in their twenties, but then they both found a good spouse and they got married, um, and then one gets divorced, and you're like, uh, you know, the divorced <laughs> one's like, hey, hey, remember, remember all that magic we we, we talked about kindling. And the, the married person is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, I'm happily married. Hold so, on, hold on. I'm, lo-
3: I'm lost. Who's the married person in all this analogy? The Texans. Oh, okay. The Texans
4: team is a... <laughs> I was going a lot of different places. It was turning one. into a
3: soap opera. I was losing track so of all the So the Texans
4: characters. are like one of the people, and yep. Mike Evans is another one. And we flirted. You. We used to flirt a lot. Yep. The Texans and Mike Evans would flirt oh, a lot. Oh, I And you. after all... You know, he's from Galveston, right? which is, I've never heard, I've never heard Galveston cited more as a reason for a guy coming back to play for oh, something no, yeah. than I have with Mike Evans. For sure. But, um, <laughs> it's true. So, uh, hey, they've, they've improved I-45. You can get from Galveston to Houston in less than 45 minutes now. Yeah. So, I think that uh, it's, it's just not meant to be right now because the Texans, I mean, the Texans went off and they and, and, and they married Nico Collins and Tank Dell. I thought you get time. Like they, they, they can't. They, there's no room for a third wife here. Yeah,
3: yeah. I um. Look, if they sign Mike Evans, I'd be super excited about it because all of a sudden you've got an offense that's that that has serious serious ceiling to it. But it comes with a long term cost. And I think. Yeah. I think you know, I think Nico could be that guy. I think having Tank Dell back healthy, I it's one of those things, Seth. If they're going to do stuff at the receiver position, I'd rather Mike Evans be the nom de of this situation, and they find a couple. You know, like tier 1A or tier 2 guys yeah. for what one Mike Evans would, you know, like find two or three guys for what Mike Evans would cost and then just make that room super deep.
4: Yeah. Because yeah, I think the I, offense is
3: going to be fine.
4: Yeah. I think, um, like, running back, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll find some guy along the way in the draft at some point. Um, I think a lot of that has to do more just with. Improving the running game is going to be focused on the offensive oh line right. more than anything, yep. and hopefully the offensive line coach now being one year into it. I yeah. mean, that Bobby Slowick talked about that towards the end of the season, just that, hey, the O-line coach isn't, like, this is a brand-new system to him Dude, in, him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, he just hadn't been in a zone-blocking-based system. He'd been more of a gap scheme guy. Um, that it, it took a while for them to figure that out. In the second half of the season, they showed progress. But I I don't mind – I think they go for one defensive player in free agency. Like, one defensive lineman in free agency. I'm with you. You know? And I don't... Man. I mean, there's so many... There's so many edge rushers out there right now, including Jonathan Gennard, mm-hmm. that I would feel good about. That I'm kind of... I, I, like, I, I would not be mad at all if they signed Brian Burns. I wouldn't be mad at all if they signed Danielle Hunter or Josh Allen yep. or Sedarius Smith. Yep. Like, There's a lot of guys out there. I'm not... Crazy about Chase Young. Um, yeah, me neither. Me neither. And, and, and I'd be fine if they, seem, He doesn't fit the swarm mentality. Yeah,
3: he does not. And if they brought Renard back, I think that'd be great. You know, that, that'd be fine too. Um, okay, we got to give you a crack at this Jameis Winston audio from yesterday. As long as we're talking about Mike Evans. Some of you may have missed it. Um, but Jameis Winston had a hot take on Mike Evans and why he is different than other receivers from the state of Texas.
2: So, uh, I think Texas receivers, they just, I feel like they're they're different but mike is different mike is from from galveston i I, I always always tell this to people and this is something that me and uh, my trainer talk about a lot if you are born around water like you have a different way of life you function differently and i just i just feel like you function differently because water like water has no soul you know, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. You get in that water, it's gonna take you wherever it goes. Yeah. So I feel like people that are around water, they're they are very strong will. They're one with water. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mike is from Galveston. If you've been to Galveston, Galveston is known for you know I don't know what they're known for because I'm not from there, but I know they have a the beach. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's it's not a pretty beach. No, they're you know known for saying? oil. There's uh, <laughs> it's some of the dirtiest sand in America. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's not a pretty beach. So Mike is from that muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it might be oil muck. You know what I'm saying? But it's still muck. So uh so he he he's a little different. I don't I don't classify him as like the regular Texas receivers.
3: The floor is the floor is yours, Senator. What do you think of?
4: <laughs> I'm just the whole time he's describing that I can't stop thinking of Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I think of of people growing up around the water, it's a fierceness and determination. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, just smoking a lot of weed and surfing and hanging out. Yeah, that too. That's, I
3: didn't yeah. even think about that. Like the actual. Like, I didn't like, think no, about the surfing. actual
4: people born around water. Like, I, I yeah. Maybe if your dad's a fisherman. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I don't. I don't quite get that same sense that people born near water are any different than uh, people born elsewhere that's, in terms of tenacity or toughness or anything like that.
3: That's the fifth time I've probably listened to that audio. Yeah. To, you know, because we we played it yesterday a couple of times um listen to it a few times off the air and it's man it's like watching the sopranos where you rewatch it and you notice something different every time like yeah. wow i didn't notice yeah. the thing i noticed this time is where he says at the beginning my trainer and I talk about this a lot. Like a lot, you do? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really? I need a podcast with your trainer. That's what I I need a podcast well, with Jameis and his trainer just sitting his, and talking.
4: Remember, his trainer is the guy that probably comes up with all those crazy drills they show uh, Jameis doing. Where, oh, oh, yeah, where he's, he's dodging things and hips. he's keeping his head yeah. forward and everything. So, like, Jameis is a goofy dude. Oh, right? He is so goofy from eating the W's on. Like We're not even talking about the stuff that's more concerning, oh. but just on the goofy side of things. I know. He looks was... lean, though, doesn't he? He looks good. He yeah. looks really lean. These last couple years have been uh, – he's really trimmed himself up. He looks good. Right, I in... feel like he needs to get <laughs> – yeah. yeah. <laughs> Payton Pendergast. That was on uh, Pardon My Take.
3: Yes. Yeah, Pardon My Take is where that audio came from. Uh, pain and Pendergast with you. I look into some headlines. Uh, Astros – Spring training underway. Is there a new leader emerging in their clubhouse? And RIP to a Rockets legend. We've got that for you coming up in headlines next.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
1: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right,
3: headlines. We, we talked a little bit uh, about Saquon Saquon Barkley, followed a bunch of Texans on Instagram. We'll circle back to that and the Texans at the top of the hour. The mock draft that matters, as we learned from last year, we'll get to that at the top of the hour as well. Um, Astros spring training uh, continues, is underway. Game starting on Saturday against the Washington Nationals that's a nice way to ease in just do a spring training game with the team that you share a facility with you just got to walk across the complex and go play ball. yeah yeah it's that's like a, one
4: thing it is I, I was always skeptical that it would feel like it, that it wouldn't feel like a shared facility when you go there but it, like when we were there um, yeah you never you don't really get a sense other than you can see all the practice fields out beyond the outfield and it. everything. But that, but you've really got no sense that there, those are Nationals players out there. Um, yeah. So, Other than, like, when you first pull up, you can see the Nationals, the, the loathsome entrance that they have. <laughs> that's up to the right. right that's right. Those Disgusting, jerks. stupid. 2019
3: editing. world champs. I hate yeah. you. Um, uh, as far as uh, not much coming out of Astros camp, good story in the Chronicle uh, about uh, Jordan Alvarez from Matt Kalahara, who is the beat writer for the Chronicle. Um, Jordan becoming kind of a leader in the clubhouse. A lot of quotes from teammates, including Mauricio Dubon, who loves to clown with Jordan Alvarez. He's not quiet. He talks a lot. Joe Espada saying that Jordan Alvarez is evolving into a voice in the clubhouse. I thought this was a good story, Seth. She's looking long-term. I think this is kind of important because Jordan and Jose Altuve now are the two guys who are locked up for a really long time with this team. You know, like, yeah. Jordan is probably... If the window is going to continue with a new group of Astros beyond, say, 2025, where it's looking like the possession arrow is pointed towards Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman not being here, we'll see... Then, if we're going to keep this thing going and the chemistry and the ethos in the clubhouse going, Jordan is going to have to be a huge part of that. I think
4: it's it's interesting though too because you know he's always been a guy that is is very open to helping other guys with their swing and everything and and I like him. I feel like he'd be a good uh, hitting coach down the line because. For some guys, it sounds like he'll get pretty technical. For other guys like Dubon, it was like, hey, just hit the ball. Yeah. You know, just hit it. Just try to hit the wall. Try to hit the outfield wall. Just try to hit it hard and straight. And like, so he's like, he's got a good feel for what advice, which advice guys need.
3: Yeah. I tell you, like, he's such a savant where I could see he would end up, I could see if he's good at giving advice and dishing and putting it in a way that guys can consume it, that's great. I would if I were Jordan and I were that good, I would totally be the guy like just do this, kind of yeah, like those coaches uh, that you complained about last week. Like do it like Andre.
4: No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, it's sometimes well, that's what uh, that's what Biggio's kid says about <laughs> Biggio. Yeah. He was, I think Biggio is such a great hitter that as a coach he was uh, he didn't really have a lot of awesome advice for guys who are genuinely struggling. It's
3: hard for great players yep. sometimes to be great coaches.
4: But that's the thing about Jordan. I think because he's so big and brawny, I think people uh, I, I assume it's more of a natural. But just from more from what other guys say about mm-hmm. him uh, more so than anything he's because he's quiet he's quieter way quieter with the media than he is with the players around. him.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Jose Abreu being on that Pilates grind this off season?
4: I look forward to it. I'm always a little bit nervous though and hesitant about guys that like if they discover fitness in their mid 30s, that it's not always uh, – it's, it's, it's sometimes it's a little too late, you know? Yeah. It's uh, too little too late.
3: Yeah. Um, you ever do Pilates?
4: Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? um Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't, like, it wasn't what I was into at the time. I could probably – I'd probably enjoy it now. Okay. Because, you know, at the time – like, that was back when I was a player, and it mm-hmm. felt like it was just taking energy away from doing other stuff. Other stuff. More bang for the buck. Lifting yeah. weights and whatnot, yeah. Or just practicing football. There, that yeah. too. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that people try to sell you on instead of just right. going out and practicing your sport. Right. As right. I, that's why I love Devontae Adams so much because he'll say, like, when people ask him, like, how does he get so good at route running? Mm-hmm. He's like, I go out and I run routes. Yeah. There you go. I don't need to get on Instagram that's doing one-legged squats a on, uh, on an inflatable disc or something. Yeah. About I that. go out and I run routes.
3: Yeah. Um, sad, sad news uh, yesterday here in Houston. Uh, Robert Reed, Rockets legend, uh, passes away at the age of 68 after battling an illness. He, of course, was part of the two Rocket teams in the 80s that went to the NBA Finals and faced the Celtics, one in 1981 and again in 1986. Um, I, Seth, I had a chance to meet Robert Reed a few times over the course of my radio career. And I would say this: This is not something you're, that I'm saying because he passed away yesterday. He is one of the, I would say, one of the top ten nicest Houston athletes I've ever met in my life since getting into the. Everybody loves Bobby Joe Reed, man. Just yeah, the, that's
4: what. Uh, yeah, he was very involved in charities. Yeah. Um, right up until the end. Yep. And yeah. Every, everybody I talked to in Houston that knew him at all says says basically the same thing. I didn't know about the uh, that he had held Larry Bird to back-to-back eight-point outings in the NBA Finals in 1981. Yeah. He was a thorn in, in Larry Bird's side. He, he made a, it into Larry Bird's biography. Yeah, he was a
3: shutdown guy. Like that, yeah. they, The Celtics won that NBA Finals, but Larry Bird, who was one of the best players in the league at the time, was not the MVP of the Finals. It was Cedric Maxwell, their other forward, because Robert Reed did such a good job on on Larry Bird. Yeah, I guess if I in a long-time Houstonians that were here, I wasn't here in the 80s. I moved here in the early 90s, but obviously followed those rocket teams and I was living in New England, so I was following those teams from a through a Boston prism. But I would say if I were contextualizing Robert Reed as far as like in, here in Houston, if you're not from here, you hear a lot about the Love You Blue era with the Oilers. The, if that era of Rockets basketball, that 80s era where they actually made yeah. the finals in their sport, if if Hakeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone were like the Earl Campbell of those teams, Robert Reed was like the Dan Pastorini of those teams, and that he was like big name, fan favorite, maybe not a Hall of Fame caliber player, but really, really good.
4: And he's well, and he's still top ten in a lot of statistical categories for the Rockets. Yep. but the, I guess the one that maybe speaks the most to like what an institution he was was he, he's still fourth in games played. Yes. Behind Olajuwon, Calvin Murphy, and 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 Rudy T.
3: Yep. Rockets legend, no doubt. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Robert Reed. As long as we're talking, circling back to the uh, NFL, we, we mentioned Saquon Barkley following a bunch of uh, a bunch of Houston Texans on Instagram. Seth, what are we to read into Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears and then following a few Atlanta Falcons players on Instagram, including Bijan Robinson?
4: Oh, hmm. I think that it sounds like he. Like, just from like Georgia too. Barkley. Yeah, I. Know, if anything, I think most times when guys do something like this, they're signaling what they would like to happen. Yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit of a soft lob of like, hey, just so you know, we're not allowed to talk right now, but I, they're showing a little leg, is what they're doing. Yes, they're like, yes. Uh, you know, they're they're they're. they're they're wiping the, the hair out of their eyes mm-hmm. and, and kind of tilting their head they're, towards either Arthur Blank or Nick Casario or Cal McNair.
3: Right, right. right. Or if they were like on Facebook, they're liking a bunch of pictures of somebody, right? Like, oh. Justin
4: Fields is biting his lower lip, okay? <laughs> right. A classic signal that you're interested. Exactly. In, in somebody.
3: is an interesting fit for Justin Fields. Um from there. They need a quarterback. A lot of people, a lot of, in that division, that might be enough to win that division if they get Justin Fields on that team. If you're,
4: yeah, Justin Fields, man, um, he's either going to make or break an offensive coordinator. Like somebody's either going to, somebody will get a head coaching job off of Justin Fields or they'll, you know, maybe never get another offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. Job.
3: Or be an offensive analyst at some Power Five school two years from now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Cause Getsy, look, get, somehow Getsy got a job right away. Getsy was the offensive coordinator that most recently for Justin Fields didn't do anything with him. Maybe it's Justin Fields fault. Yeah. Maybe it's Getsy's fault. Maybe both. Who knows? But uh, he immediately got an offensive coordinating job for the Raiders. I wouldn't expect or anticipate that from. Justin Fields' next offensive coordinator.
3: Um, College football playoff committee approves the new 5-plus-7 format for the 12-team playoff. Top five conference champs, seven top-ranked at-large teams will uh, be plunked into a 12-team playoff next year. The four highest-ranked conference champs will all get a bye into the quarterfinals the first round will all be played on college campuses. I think that's the part I'm most excited about with this, Seth. I like the 14 playoff more than the 12 team playoff because yeah. I like the debate. I like the discussion. I think I'm in the minority there. And ultimately, I'll like more football. I'll be just as jacked as anybody that first or second week in November when there's playoff games being played. I'm most intrigued to see how playoff games on college campuses look, what they look like. Yeah. Uh, you know,
4: I, I I am that you're right that that will be intense and that'll be fun. I'm gonna miss. I don't think there'll be quite as much acrimony about things with the rankings now because at the very least the the conference winner is gonna gonna make it. I, Sean, I, how is the Pac-12 being handled? They are because right now it consists of two teams. It's the Pac-2
3: right now, so they they are being treated. They have an agreement for now with the Mountain West, yeah, to play like six games, kind of like what Notre Dame has with the ACC. Yeah. We're you're gonna play six games. You're not part of our conference, but we're gonna give you six opponents to play. Right now the hard thing for Washington State and Oregon State is filling out a schedule because this whole this whole implosion of the Pac twelve was very sudden. It was a two year happening that just cratered the conference. So they've got an agreement to play with the Mountain West. They are being treated as at large teams, like independent teams when it comes to the playoff.
4: Okay. So they can right. be they, okay. Washington All State right.
3: and Oregon State can still be one of the seven at-large teams. They're just not in a conference this sh- They're like Notre Dame, basically. They're just not in a conference this year.
4: So who are the power five?
3: Well, it's power four now, basically. So okay.
4: All right. Well, it keeps it's like the five plus seven model. I know. Okay. It's, it's the
3: five all highest right. ranked conference champs. So you'll you'll have the four five major highest com-
4: ranked conference champs. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you'll gotcha. have the right. four
3: major conferences, right. and then that means like the AAC or the Sun Belt all will. Right. Get now a, I hate it all yeah. again. Yeah. I
4: yeah. hate it. I liked it for seventeen seconds. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. You're back with me on the four team tip. Maybe are they in
4: there? Are they planning that at some point, if like the Pac-12 reemerges or somehow? Then they'll, it'll be the top five, Seth. This group of
3: people doesn't plan for anything.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the Pac twelve, I mean, they are <laughs> got two
3: orphan teams that are calling themselves. the No, I'm the talking Pac-12. about the, uh, the
4: college playoff committee. I'm are talking about them on... too. Everybody, okay. I'm talking about the sport. I, you know, like I, They don't even know if don't. The NCAA is going to be around for. Yeah, like they years.
3: don't plan for yeah. anything. It's just uh, it's, it, You're it, right. This is the classic. It's uh, Too big to camel. fail.
4: A, can- a camel is a horse designed by committees. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a committees. These are committees running things, it, and nothing looks right. Okay. It is too big. Yeah, I'm back to hating it. It's, All right.
3: it's, it's too big to fail, man. It is too big to fail. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Wednesday. The only mock draft. After last year, this is the only mock that matters. We will have it for you next.
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.